Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. I was my early 20s, working in a print shop downtown San Diego, and I thought I wanted to pick up the game of golf. And so I began to do some research on golf, went out and bought me a little, show you how old I am, bought me a cheesy set of golf clubs at Kmart. You ever heard of that? I didn't know about graphite and steel shafts. And so I read a book, and it was How to Break 90 in Golf. And it said that 90% of the people that golf never break 90 I thought, well, I'm going to do it. I'm part of the 10%, bless God. I'm a tithe of those golfers that never do it, 10%. And I read the book, Brother Tim, and I was still shanking them. I don't know. The goal, my, my goal as I kind of honed my skills, Brother Blair, was to, here's my goal. Golf a whole round with the same golf ball. If you golf, you know what I'm talking about. My goal, as I tee off on the first box, that this is the same golf ball that I tee off on the 18th hole. And then we'd end up in what they call the 19th hole, the snack bar. And then I took, Nolan, I took private lessons. And I would go to the range, and he would tell me, okay, Tom, know your feet need to be level with your shoulders, and they need to be together. Okay, he taught me how to hold the club. Keep your head down, focus, and swing through. He said, when you hit the ball, if you do it perfectly, you should not feel the club hit the golf ball. Finally, I hit a few like that. Wow, I didn't even feel the club hit the golf ball. It was so in what we would call Nolan. I know, Nolan, you know know all this because you're smart. It's called the sweet spot of the club, okay? So let's let's see. I I haven't golfed in a while, okay? Three hand surgeries later. What do you think? Can you see my cup down there? Nolan? Chris and Sharice, we might need you to come back out of retirement. Just, we'll we'll talk after church depending on how this message goes. I hear the music getting louder. I feel the jaw music coming on. Let's see. It's been a long time, Brother Tim. Nope. I scold it. That's what we call, I scold it. I gave it a smiley face. Okay, come on. Feet, grip, head down. Oh. Just for the record, I really am trying for this, okay? Now, depending on Nolan's productivity, sometimes I might try for him, but he's been good this week. If you feel safer, you can stop the music. You you can leave. A little bit. Okay. Come on. Eye on the ball. Keep your head down feet even with your shoulders 
Whoops, I shanked that one. Hang on. Come on. Three hand surgeries later, what do you expect? And every now and then, nope. Hang on. Maybe it's my tea box. Come on, baby. Nope. Every now and then on a golf course, your frustration would get the best of you. Oh, better. But let me tell you something. In all my golf lessons, it was like a how-to clinic to break 90. And I paid for the golf lessons. I paid money. And all of my golf lessons, he was telling me what I'm doing wrong. Now that I think about it, he was kind of negative. But maybe I was giving him reason. He never said, oh, Tom, that was good. You finally did what I said. There was always something, Brother Tim, I wasn't doing right. But dummy me, Philip, I'd go back the next week and pay again. He did tell me, well, you know what? Kick your left foot out just a little bit when you're chipping. Try that, Tom. Better. But to be honest with you, I never really did break 90. I shot a few times in the low 90s. I've lost countless of golf balls. You know what's the most expensive thing about golf? Is the golf balls. Not the green fees. And so I tried and I would practice. I'd go to the range. I'd buy a large bucket. Let's see. Brother Frank? But I went to the range to get better. I wanted to be a better golfer. I wanted to drive it 300 yards. The approach shot within 150 yards is tough. I wanted to learn how to putt. And so I would just go to the range and just swing and swing and swing. And I was trying to be a better golfer. But my golf instructor was telling me to do this and to do that and to make adjustments. But when I think about it, he was kind of negative. But I want to be a better golfer. I want to improve my skills. And so I didn't look at it as negative. I looked at it like he was trying to help me accomplish my goal. I looked at it like he was trying to honor my request. And so my message this morning to you is simply this. I'm going to do a how-to clinic on how to live a blessed life. How can I live a blessed life? What are the principles? What are the goals? What do I need to do to live a blessed life?
And so I'm going to put on a clinic this morning to help every one of us either grade yourself or assess your skills against the instructor of God's Word. My goal, my pastoral obligation and duty is to not only get you saved and keep you saved, but I want you to experience the blessings, the abundant blessings above all that you can ask or think. And so I'm going to put on a clinic this morning to help you because I know that God offers the only true guaranteed blessed results upon this earth. Upon this earth. And if you want to live a blessed life, someone shout amen. amen. Now please understand, when I step into the box with the instructor, I considered myself a golfer. Say, hey, Tom, do you golf? Yeah, I golf. I even graduated up to a set of pings, golf clubs. Now they don't give those away. And I hit the ball a few times just right. But I still considered myself a golfer, but according to the measurement of the instructor, I was a weekend hacker. I was hacking up the course, chewing up the real estate, replacing divots so the grass would grow back. But he said, I'm going to make you a better golfer. I didn't take offense to that. So in my assignment this morning of my how-to clinic, I'm going to help you line up to have a blessed life and maybe in your flesh you say, I already have a blessed life. Come on, what if you want to be more blessed? You, you never get to the point where you say, my life is blessed enough, I'm good, I tap out. At least I've never got to that point. And so there are principles that we have to follow in order to experience God's highest rewards. And these are the keys to living a blessed life. You see, I believe I can speak on this subject with authority. After 60 years of trusting God and believing in God and practicing living a blessed life, Brother Tony, you ready? Let's try, okay? I'm extending my... Okay, hang on. Feet, shoulders, head down. Ready, Tony? Oh, man, I meant Brother Tim. I'm, I'm sorry, I meant, ready, Brother Tim? I still want to be a better golfer. And the days of a blessed person are filled with the divine coincidences and heavenly meaning. You see, a blessed man may or may not be wealthy by the world's standards, but he enjoys the quality of a life that most billionaires would envy. I'm expecting every child of God to live a blessed life. This is a clinic on how to live a blessed life. I, I thought about this over time. What's the difference between success and blessed? Because there are a lot of successful people that curse God. There are a lot of successful people that don't know God, that don't go to church, that don't believe in God. There's probably a lot of millionaires that are atheists. So I'm not trying to be successful, Brother Tony. I'm trying to be blessed. Because blessed is walking in the kingdom favor of God. 
And when I'm blessed, regardless of my net worth and my wealth, I am successful. You can be blessed and successful, but you're not necessarily successful and blessed. Hello, somebody. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm trying to teach you how to live a blessed life. I'm putting on a clinic this morning. And in four separate points in the book of Deuteronomy, God tells those who obeys him that he will bless everything that they put their hands to. There's a blessing. Deuteronomy 14, Deuteronomy 15 and four verses. There are four separate points that whatever you touch, I will bless. You see, that's the blessed life. Everything you touch does well. When you think of being blessed of God, don't necessarily... Don't focus on money only because you're short-selling God. If, if I wanted to be a better golfer and say, hey, I just want to hit the long ball. Ironically, I watched a little clip a couple days ago of the, long, the, the longest drive championship. And all they do is drive the ball. You guys that golf probably know all this. They don't look like golfers. Their stance isn't, but man, that thing's a rocket. And the little scrawny kid, sorry, Nolan, but the little scrawny kid that won it, I'm giving you hope this morning. This is what he did, Brian. He went, whack. And there's this big guy. And the little scrawny kid won it with like a 409-yard drive. But here's the thing. He could drive the long ball. He won the championship. Well, why isn't he on the PGA Tour? Because he can't putt and he can't use his pitching wedges and his irons. So, hey, I'm already living a blessed life. I just focus on money. I'm saying, hey, a blessed life is everything that you touch. God prospers and God blesses. And when it comes to that, my friend, when I define a blessed life, I'm setting out I'm going to live a blessed life. I feel like I have lived a blessed life, and I've been involved in a lot of things, and I feel like I've had God's favor. And I owe it to the church that I pastor to teach you and school you and train you on a clinic on how do I live a blessed life. Anybody want to live a blessed life? You see, the blessings permeates every aspect of a person's life, their health, their relationship, their work, their family, emotions, and thoughts. And Jesus talked about money, if that's what you're focused on. I'm not. 16 in his 38 parables, 16 of them. Clearly, from a Bible standpoint, we need to understand that money is a part of it and how I'm going to handle it. But again, we're talking about health. We're talking about family. I'm talking about emotions. I'm talking about employment. I'm talking about relationship. In fact, it directly dictates that many of the blessings that you will or you won't receive comes from life experiences. And the very first principle that I think we need to grasp, if I'm going to live a blessed life, is understand that giving is a principle of our first fruits. It can also be called the principle of the firstborn or the tithe. The Bible says here in Exodus, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens a womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, and it is mine, Exodus 13 and 2. Here, God plainly declares that the firstborn, the first fruit, the first is mine, and it belongs to him. The fact that God is declaring it 16 times in Scripture means that he must believe in it. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm teaching you how to live a blessed life. I'm going to give you the nuggets. I'm going to give you the manual, the principle 
of the first fruits, that we give our first fruits, our tithing, our offering, in the same way before we see the blessings of God, we give it by faith. The principles of the first fruit is very powerful. And you've heard it said that if I give something first, it's never lost. If I give something last, it's always lost. It's the blessed portion that we give to God and that I don't lose because God redeems all of this. But when I withhold from God, we lose. Jesus echoed the principle when he said in Matthew 26, excuse me, 16 and 25, for whoever wants to save his life shall lose it. Okay, it's, it's opposite. But who loses his life for me shall find it. Here's what I know. That it always requires faith to give the first. That's why sometimes Christians are not experiencing the blessings of giving. The first portion, the redemptive portion. In other words, when the first portion is given to God, the rest is redeemed. Okay, let me, hey, I feel I'm losing some of you. What did I do? Lost all my golf balls? Okay. Remember, take, me, take you back to a driving range in Bonita off of E Street. Okay. I would go there, and he would tell me what I'm doing wrong. Choke down. And if I focused on what he was saying, Philip, it could be kind of negative, but I was there to get better, and I knew he knew what he was talking about, and I knew he could walk the walk and talk the talk, and so I paid him to tell me how to become a better golfer. What I'm doing here, my friend, this morning is to help in God's church in the Temecula Valley that every one of us can and should and needs to live a blessed life. It's not just about receiving the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be born again. I'm ready for God to come back. But when you get all that taken care of, don't you also want to live a blessed life as you maintain until God comes? I say the answer is yes. Everything that you touch, don't you want it to be blessed? I say the answer is yes. Once I get past salvation and I want to get past baptism, hey, I've got this part all figured out. I'm going when God comes back for his church. What's next? A blessed life is next. And God is coming back for a church. And we go to church on the first day of the week. We're giving God the first of our time. We're giving God the first of our thoughts. As God's people, we need to be a part of what God is doing. And he says, will you rob me? No, I haven't robbed you. Yes, you have, because you robbed me of tithe and offerings. Let me just pause right here, okay? He says tithe and offerings. So I have always practiced. I feel I live a blessed life 60 years later. And there's principles and there's protocols that I put into my life and that I've taught my kids and I've raised my family and we have always given our tithes and our offerings, watch me, on the front end. He says that you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. If I'm not giving offerings, that's a part of connecting to God. Okay? Tithing is probably a little more clear-cut black and white. But in the same sentence in Malachi, he says that you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. I have always taught my kids to give tithes and offerings on the front side. I have always give, given and lived my life to be blessed by God, and I've always given tithe and offerings. Someone shout offerings. So just a really quick how-to clinic. What's the difference in tithe and offerings? Biblically, the tithing is for the work of the ministry, and the offering is for the tabernacle of God. Air condition, insurance. Soap, hand towels, the whatever Mark said, 487 bottles of Lysol we spray every Sunday. All that costs money. But when we pull our offerings together, that functions as an avenue of a stream to pay the rent, pay the insurance, 
pay the electric bill. So when I'm only giving tithing, I'm not really contributing to the function of the house of God. I'm in the word. I can prove all this later, but I don't want to drill too deep right now on that. All I'm saying is if I'm going to be blessed and live a blessed life, then I'm going to put God first in my tithe and my offering. Can I get one amen in the house? It's amazing. Sometimes people look at the scripture and say, oh, well, that's the Old Testament. You're right. That is the Old Testament. Wow, you got me. I didn't know that. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, we live in the dispensation of grace. We're in the New Testament. But in the same verse in Malachi 3, chapter 3, God says, for I am Lord and I change not. Oh, so God changed in the New Testament? There are some Old Testament principles that changed. There are some things that Calvary did away with. There are some things that, hello, that Easter took, took care of. But giving and my faithfulness to God was not one of them. If all the Old Testament do's and don'ts went away, then the Ten Commandments went away? Do we still believe fornication is a sin? Oh, that's in the New Test- Old Testament. Oh, you got me. Okay, go do what you want to do. No, you can't. Don't, hey, hey, don't leave right now. You can't do what you want to do. Oh, so we can steal because that's... No, you can't steal. That's wrong. All I'm saying is if, if we're going to cherry pick Old and New Testaments, then you either take it all with you or you discard all of it. And we can't discard nothing from the Word of God. What's the big deal, Pastor? Why? Because this, I'm trying to give you a clinic on how to live a blessed life. Do you feel like your life is blessed? Yeah. Is everything you touch blessed by God? Come on, be honest with yourself. And God gives you decision-making power to live a blessed life. And without exception, when we give God our first portion, then we are blessed and God has blessed me. All the givers and the testimonies they give say, God blesses me and God is more greater to me than I am to God. But conversely, often the non-givers always say, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to give offering. I can't afford to give to God. And there's a contrast of their version or maybe their lifestyle of being blessed. All I'm saying here, I'm teaching a clinic this morning. I want every one of you to live a blessed life. And more important than me, probably, God wants you to live a blessed life. And if I'm going to do that, then I've got to make some adjustments in my life that line up with the principles of the Word of God so that I can live a blessed life. If I'm going to be a better golfer, I've got to make some adjustments according to Golf Digest in order to be more accurate with my shots. Silence, please. He's on the tee box. Oh! I need a little bit of work. But you know what? If someone say, hey, you need, to go, you need to work at this. On the tee box, that didn't sound offensive. That didn't sound mean. That didn't sound cruel. So it depends where your attitude is and your motives. If you want to be a better golfer, you want to live a blessed life. And so as I put on the clinic this morning, anything I say may be misconstrued depending on what your attitude and spirit is at the time I'm saying it. If you want to live a blessed life, then everything I'm saying makes sense. If you don't want to live a blessed life, then what I'm saying could be offensive. Hello, somebody. What are you doing, Pastor? I'm just putting on a clinic. I want to be blessed and successful. So the testimonies that I have heard, and there is a host of blessed people in our church. But as a pastor, 
I want everybody to be blessed. And if you're not living a blessed life and you say, I didn't know, Pastor, I didn't know these things, then shame on me. I repent before you and God this morning that I haven't trained you and schooled you and mentored you on how to live a blessed life. Because living for God is more than getting the Holy Ghost and being baptized and separating ourselves from the world. Once we do that, what? Okay, now it's time to start living your blessed life and your best life. And I think we all live a blessed and best life. Can you shout amen? amen? And so here, let me talk to you for a second on my clinic this morning about putting God first. Let's say you get paid on Thursday and immediately you pay your bills and you buy groceries and then you go online and you give your tithe and offerings. My question is, have you given the first of your income at that point? My clinic answer is no. You haven't given the first. Is it possible to give a full 10% of tithing and your offering and still not be tithing according to God's principle? Absolutely. When in reality, an act of faith is giving the first of my increase. And then I pay and live on the balance. You see, it's really an act of faith to give on the front side. And that requires faith. So what are you saying, Pastor? If you're going to live a blessed life, you need to be given to God on the front end. Hey, with this is way easier now. Grandma Rosie, roll the clock back 30 years, and you had to wait to get to the house of the Lord to bring your offering. But what people would do is they'd put it in an envelope, cash or a check, and they would set it aside and say, we can't touch that. Okay, that's God's. Now let's go grocery shopping. Now, mentally, in principle, it's set aside. But now with the 21st century, we can easily give online all hours of the night. So what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm just saying, if you want to have a blessed life, you need to take your tithing and your offering and wherever it is in the scope of giving in your bills and move it up to the front end. Okay, I challenge you to do that. Move it up to the front end. You say, oh, I always give 10%. I have always practiced and taught my kids 5% offering. We have always given 15%, and God's challenged me to go way beyond that, and I talked about that years ago. And I'm, and I'm way deep beyond the 15%. I only tell you that because I live a blessed life. And I, there's a lot of people that live a blessed life. But what if I could live a, even a better blessed life? Then number one, what you need to do, okay, I'm going to just break it down like a clinic. Wherever, when I get paid, wherever in the scope of me letting go of money, I need to move the tithing and offering portion up to the front end. So this could be a conversation. Uh, I'll pick, pick on the Blairs because they don't care. Or if they do, they wouldn't tell me, so then I don't feel bad. All right? So Brother Blair gets paid, and then they need to go buy groceries, and a conversation could be, wait a minute, before we walk out of this house and spend $1, I'm giving to God first. I'm giving on that friend. Well, let's, let's just round numbers. Brother Blair makes $100 a week. So no, baby, before we go buy groceries, before we drive through Cane's, before we take pastor dinner, before we bless or whatever, all the people we're going to bless, we're going to bless God first. Okay? And then let's do that. With digital technology, I can do it. You can text it in from your phone. But part of me, I'm going to make sure if I'm going to live a blessed life, I'm not robbing God. I got to make sure on the front end of my increase that I'm giving my tithe and my offering. Someone shout offering. Let's see. Anthony? You look like a, you could afford a nod on the head. Let's see. 
Come on, head down. All you golfers, help me. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Come on, all you geniuses out there that hit the long. Okay, Anthony, yeah, okay. Line up. Mm. I see him do this on the PGA, but I don't, I'm, I don't know what it means, but it looks legit. <laughs> Woo! Okay. What am I doing? I'm on a clinic, man. Okay, this one is, Anthony, if you'll sit still, this should bounce right off your head. Chris, I'm sorry if I overshoot. Just duck because it's not for you. Oh. Just for the record, Anthony saved Sister Rose's life. I, we almost had to do a funeral. I'm glad I don't have to do a funeral this week. What am I doing? I'm just working on my swing. Does that mean I, swing, I did I wrong? No. Hey, a few little tweaks. Hey, I already pay tithes. Okay, a few little tweaks. Ask yourself, is it when I get paid? Is it when I get the increase? few little tweaks makes me a better golfer. It's my swing. A few little tweaks. I give tithes, but I don't give offerings. I didn't know. I thought it was all the same. No, biblically, it's not. I've never lived my life like it's all the same. Long before I was a pastor, I was just a normal person. And I still gave my tithe and my offering. And I learned the principle, if I'm going to do right, then I've got to see what God is going to say when I try to align myself up with what God is doing. Could someone shout amen? Again. I want to challenge you to accept the blessed life, the lifestyle. You, you ever see the, years ago, the program, the lifestyles of the rich and famous? And the guy's like from England or the UK, and it goes through these enormous houses and their cars, and you say, hey, man, they're successful. Yeah, they're successful, but they may not be blessed. How many successful people... I'm going to say this respectfully, but it's, I'm going to draw a correlation. How many successful people in the world have committed suicide? Sad, heart-wrenching. I'm not minimizing that at all. That's startling. High profile. So I understand that success with all kinds of money is not blessed. In fact, I could take it a step further. A lot of times it's not even happiness. But what God brings into people's life, when your life is blessed, you are successful, and you have happiness, and you're at peace with where you are and where life is right now. You may not have the biggest checkbook. You may not have the newest car. You may not have the biggest acreage or home or whatever. But you know what? I'm blessed. Why? Because I put God first. Everything I touch turns to gold. God blesses it. And it's a simple principle that I'm going to follow because why? I can see the blessings of God. So my obligation this morning on my clinic is to help every one of you become a better golfer. Every one of you to live a blessed life. And for the most part here in America, we get tithing. Every church, every denomination, every organization preaches on tithing. Several organizations, I won't call them out, they actually expect to give much more than that of your income. And people happily do it. And the ones that I know that are in that organization, outside our faith, Brother Tim, are highly successful. Now, they don't have the truth like this. They don't have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. They don't have all this stuff. But you know what? In their principles and their relationship with God, according to the understanding and the teachings of their church, extremely, extremely successful. And in their version, I would say blessed, and I would say yes, that's true. But it's us committing to God. 
And I know we've been in the pandemic and things have been hard and we have paid our bills and I'm grateful. So I'm not preaching a woe is me clinic this morning. I'm not preaching doomsday. I'm not preaching about the apocalypse. I'm preaching about even during a pandemic, my friend, we can be blessed by God and have the favor of God in our life. Why? Because we are doing everything right according to the scripture. We're walking in kingdom purpose. We're not shortchanging God. We're not trying to cut corners. We're trying to be very generous to God because every one of us know that you can't outgive God. I can't outlive God. I can't outbless God. All of that comes from God, descends onto my life according to how I'm lining myself up. Let me talk to you for a minute about alignment. Back to my golf lesson. Often you'd see people coming from the tee box, and they would line up to where they're shooting, Nolan. And I would see them do this. Because alignment is important. If I'm going to hit my tee box there, my little cup, and I'm like this, I have a golf club, I have a golf ball, I'm on the golf course, I know how to golf, but I'm not aligned properly to lower my score. How many of us live for God and give to God, but we're not lined up properly because we're not hitting the target and we don't feel like we're living a blessed life? Maybe it's just a few degrees difference. I need to turn around and say, you know what, I'm going to give to God on the front end. I'm going to start adding offerings to my tithe that I didn't understand, and I'm going to line myself up, and everything I touch is going to be blessed Oh, of God. I was, so, I was straight. But my clinic this morning is, Brother Tony, is to make sure that we all understand. And then once you understand and once you've been taught, the responsibility is between you and God. And my clinic job will be over. But watch this. Danielle, I'm going to go on and keep living a blessed life. I'm going to go on. But when I look around and I say, hey, you know what? You're leading these people. And maybe you haven't done your due diligence in explaining and breaking this thing down on how to live a blessed life. I'm preaching to saved folk here. Is that right? You all saved? Maybe I'm preaching in the wrong church. Let me try that trick question again. Are you all saved? Okay, so... I don't need to preach about Acts 2.38. I don't need to preach about the day of Pentecost. I don't need to preach about Jesus' name, baptism. I don't need to preach about the oneness of God. I don't need to preach about the de- I don't need to preach about eschatology. I don't need to... Okay, we're all, I'm going to say, past that. We understand that. So once I'm past that, do I just live like the ungodly? I say no. Do I just function like the heathens? I say no. Do I just live like an Egyptian? I say no. But what you do as you get older on the golf course, these irons become twofold. Hey, Nolan, go get the cart for me, young man. Because you're blessed, regardless of where you are in life. I'm gonna just let me tell you this, and I'm going to end here. Nolan, play some soft music because I think they're getting mad at me. No matter where you are in life, okay, A blessed life is scalable. What do you mean, Pastor? I simply mean this. You could be a brand new person. You could be just married, living in a studio apartment. And you say, well, I'm not blessed, Pastor. You you live in a house. You've been married. Yeah, it's scalable. Let's assume you guys live in a one-bedroom apartment. And you say, hey, I'm trying to figure this out. I drive an old whoopty beater car. 
I barely got here. I got to put water in it to get home, and I got to check the oil, and I probably got to pump up the tires down here at the Shell station. But you know what? Scalable. Say, hey, this is where I am, but I'm doing this for God, and I'm living like this, and so my blessed life will begin to increase. It's scalable. Say, hey, pastor, that's easy for you to preach. No. You know what I was doing when I was your age? I was trying to live a blessed life. I was trying to be honorable. I was trying to be fair and honest to God. Why? Oh, because you want to be blessed? No, I was just trying to walk in harmony. And then I realized now as I look back, Matt, wow, I'm pretty blessed. So when something in my life happens good, I don't make any more excuses. I say, you know what? That's the blessings of God. That's the blessings of God. I take it as a moment, Grandma, to highlight God. I'm not going to actually brag on God. Oh, whatever. Pastor's got it made. That's the blessings of God. If, that's what, if you think I have it made, spend a day with me. Figure out everybody's problems. Try to pay all the church bills. Try to reach the city. Yeah, I guess I got it made, right? Not really. But here's my point is, to be blessed by God, I have to begin to line up my life according to his principles. Okay, again, I'm not preaching to unsaved people here. If anybody's unsaved, come to the altar, and we're going to baptize you, and we're going to receive the Holy Ghost. Okay? If you feel you're unsaved. I'm preaching to a host of people that are past their acts experience. And I've just come back to tell you during a pandemic to give you one more golf lesson on how you can be blessed. Feet, the width of your shoulder, Tom. Choke down, eye on the ball, keep your head down. Target. A bunch of little stuff that when you're trying to learn golf, Brother Blair, is stressful. I can't remember all this. Please, for one minute, would you shut your mouth so I can concentrate? That's how I used to get spankings at home. Do you know you can't do that? Yes. No, you don't. That's how we used to raise kids. Hello. So it's up to us now. Blessed life is not just money. Come on. Open the aperture. Grandma, blessed life is good health, too. You and Grandpa are almost 80. Old, folks. But you get around very good. And your medication that's needed to help you function is almost nothing. I attribute that to a blessed life. Hello, somebody. Grandma and Grandpa, all your five kids serve God now. All of them talk and love each other. That's a blessed life. Blessed life is not just solely money. It's no solamente dinero, no. Pero, es más grande, bendecino. I'm stuck. Ah, bendiciones. I think I messed it up, but they know what I was trying to say. Who wants to be blessed? 
Brother Toscano, you want to be blessed? All right. Brittany, watch this one. What's so funny? Okay, I, I, I'm having so much fun golfing. Hey, don't call me to go golf with you guys today because I already golfed. Okay, here we go. Brother Toscano, what do you think, guys? You have faith in your pastor? I'm nervous. Please don't hit the wrong person. I want them to come back. Here we go. Brother Toscano. Oh, sorry. Okay, Corey, you're blessed. I get it. Let's all stand this morning with me. Come on, somebody. Let me pray for us, okay? All I want you to do is process my clinic. And you score and grade yourself. If you're living a holy life, if you've been baptized in the name of Jesus, your sins have been washed away. If you spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance, okay, we're past that. I'm long past that, Chris. You don't need to tell me how to get saved and stay saved. I'm already there. Now I want to know how to live a blessed life. I want to know how to get along with people. I want to know how to have good health. As I get older, I want my family, my kids, my grandkids to all love each other and get along and come see me and not be mad at me and disappear for five years. People are out there like that. That's not a blessed life. What parent or grandmother would pay any amount of money to restore a relationship that's been fractured over the years? That's important. That don't cost money, but that's part of being blessed. So how to live a blessed life? Get saved, stay saved, stay holy, and then take my tithing and my offering and get it on the front. I challenge you guys. You can text it in. There's all kinds of ways in the 21st century. Way easier. If you still write checks or you pay cash, then set it aside when you cash your check. If you're real old school, you go by a check cashing place, you get the cash, you come home, and you give it to your wife. Yeah, that's real old school. And then your wife gives you back $5 for the week. Uh, so I actually make 17 cents an hour for a whole week? Come on. But even in that cash allotment, Brother Tim, there's an envelope that says tithe and offerings. Don't touch it. It goes to God on Sunday. I won't see God till Sunday, but I got to have groceries. I got to pay my bills. But God, the principle is the same. I'm sorry, I'm not techie, but here's your cash for the kingdom. What am I doing? I'm going to live a blessed life. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone here today, every viewer online, everyone that catches this as an archive down the road, that we will begin to make small adjustments. No revelatory lesson was taught today. No brand new bullet point was taught, God, but a refresher course on just little tweaks and adjustments to hit them long and straight and to become a better golfer. I bless everyone here today, God. Honor my effort in the words and let it rest upon the people's lives that we can all say, I am blessed. I am blessed. In Jesus' name it's so. Someone shout back, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.